Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hello, beautiful people. I am AMD, and I am a most humble host of this amazing podcast. Why is it so amazing? Because the people that I get to interview and talk to and spend time with continuously blow my mind and teach me new things, inspire me in many ways, and... um remind me of of what my journey has been and why I've been on this sex work journey for the last 20 years of my life and what it means for the world, what sex work and the people that I spend time with, what they mean for society and just so important that, that, there are so many people out there that stand up for what they believe in and um, fight for their convictions and try to make a difference in this world. I, I, I'm so moved by those that try to make a difference in the world. And I believe that if you are a sex worker, just simply by being a sex worker, you're making a difference in the world. Um, I truly believe that. So um, I am and so honored to introduce our guest today, Vixen Temple. And Vixen and I have met each other through working together with Strippers United, formerly known as Soldiers of Pole. And we've never really had a chance to sit down and absorb each other's energy. Usually our messages are about work, um, about events or projects that we're working on. We've never really had a chance to connect. And so in this episode, you will see and hear and listen to the first time that we get to connect. And something that um, I think is, is so imp- so interesting, and not only for this episode, but for, for so many of them, is how I, I feel an instant connection with so many of the people that come on this show. Um, and I think that's because, you know, we're, we're all kindred spirits in, um, the experiences that we've had in some ways and in other ways we learn from each other's varied experiences. And so, uh, you know, I'm just gushing. I just love them all so much. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I just want to, uh, express my gratitude for all of you to continue, you know, continuing to show up. Uh, for these episodes. And I can't wait for the conversation that you're about to listen to. So I, I don't want to take up too much more airwaves because there's so much that Vixen and I just talked about. So it was a very exciting, fast paced conversation. Um, and it's all here for you to absorb into your earballs. I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Vixen Temple. Here she is. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm here with a very exciting guest. I'm here with Vixen Temple all the way from New Zealand. Can't wait to get into conversation with Vixen. But really quick, before we do all that, you know I've got to do it. You know I've got to go there. 
Right now, this is a listener-funded show, so if you listen to the show regularly and you love it so much, please feel free to donate to us. Make it rain. Make it sprinkle just a little. You can go to paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast. Any little bit counts. And just so you know, the money goes towards paying your current hosts, some new hosts that we have coming up for you very soon, and for some future and past guests, because I really feel bad about not paying past guests, so I'd like to try to retroactively do that, okay? So please, once again, that is paypal.me forward slash, yes, a stripper podcast. Okay, now that we're done with that, hello, Vixen. How are you, queen? Kia ora, friends. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so stoked right now. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I am so happy to spend time with you because we don't get to do that too often and we message with each other like hella and we can explain all the time i know so (laughs) really quick before we get too far can you let everyone know what your pronouns are yes i am she her perfect thank you yeah so vixen and i work on strippers united together formerly known as soldiers of pole so Yes, I joined that, oh, what was it, around the start of this year. And it's been great. It's been so much fun to connect with strippers from, you know, all the way in America. Being a New Zealand-based sex worker, it's always so cool to be able to connect with others from the rest of the world and just to talk about what's going on with them and to just feel that sense of community. I absolutely love it. So it's it's an honor to be a part of the team. Yes. And I think that you are the first out-of-country like working member with Strippers wow. United. Now that I'm I thinking about that. it, I oh, didn't what know an that. Honor. And so I love right that now. New Zealand's that country. Go New Zealand. Shout yes. out to Kiwi babes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love New Zealand. I have a very dear friend from New Zealand, um, ex stripper. Uh, yes. And so I've learned, I've learned a little bit about New Zealand culture, but you know, hopefully Definitely, we will learn a lot about New Zealand culture from you today, specifically in the sex worker world. So, you know, one of the things that I'm really curious about is what are the, because you've been talking to American strippers on the ground so much, I I, I think that you have a grasp of like what the differences and similarities are between what's happening here versus what you see with on a uh, see on a daily basis. So can you like break that down for us? What's it like for all of you over there? I feel like well we're very privileged. We operate in a country that sex work is legal because of the mm. 2003 Prostitutes Reform Act. Mm. However, stripping isn't actually according to New Zealand law defined as sex work. They define sex work with actual the actual act of sex. So in their eyes they protect you know sugar babies and sex workers uh, uh full service sex workers right but it's still you know we still have some worker rights in this that i guess our managers don't really follow through with a bank on us not calling mm. them up on it but i think the way things operate in new zealand i've never stripped in any other countries so my understanding of stripping is just from what i've experienced but i hear you know american dancers talking about like club fees, house fees and all yeah. that sort of thing. Um, stripper moms, mums in the Kiwi accent. Uh, there's, there's a lot of similarities and then there's a lot of differences. So the okay. similarities are usually, well, actually I think one of the biggest differences is how much it feels like in America, 
you make money off lap dancers because it seems like that seems to be the moneymaker thing for y'all. But for for us, I mean, for me personally, tipping really gets my money going. The tipping culture in New Zealand isn't fantastic. So we really have to ask for it because there's not a tipping culture in New Zealand. You don't, it's kind of rude to ask people to tip, which is what I think our biggest struggle is, is that there's not a tipping culture in New Zealand. People come into the club, you ask for a tip and they're so offended because Kiwis, we're so modest it's it can be quite frustrating mm. and so to to be like hey well my time deserves money it can be like rude almost to ask mm. people that but it's how it's how the strip club is um oh. but yeah I think that's the main differences I've noticed is that I suppose how the strip club operates it's probably quite similar you know you've got the managers Shifts, the ship supervisors looking after all the dancers and making sure everyone's safe and all that. But most of our clubs don't have a DJ. Um, I've worked at clubs that it's just Spotify. So I, I hear American dancers talking about like tip the DJ. And I'm like, I don't know I'm going to have to. Like, <laughs> I'm not tipping my Spotify person. <laughs> so like, do, is there like an iPad or like a jukebox or like? Yes. Yeah, so so c- most of the clubs I've worked at, it's literally been a computer, like a desktop. And in the first club I danced at, we picked our own song. So we would go around the back to the DJ booth queue up our three songs and then go on stage you do it while the person in front of you was dancing we eventually did bring in a dj he was a total sleaze total pervert because you know most men who work in the strip club industry are i'm sorry to say it from <laughs> just from personal experience if, you, sure. if it quacks like a duck it looks like a duck it's a duck like i've met so, some um, decent ones along the way but yes majority yeah, it's, it's interesting yeah yeah it's it's i talk about this a lot with my friend but no so there was a dj there but then in all the other clubs i've worked at it's an it's an ipad or a desktop and either you cue your own music or they just have it on shuffle the current club i'm dancing at they just shuffle it you don't pick your own songs unless it's you know a quiet day and you can request it but yeah so it's like an ipad or a desktop that's our dj okay Okay, so that's actually not too terrible, but you pick, you have to dance to three songs in a row? Yeah, so how it works here typically is a stage spot is three songs. Um, Depending on the club, you know, it's usually topless at the end of the first song, full nude by the third song. Um, You go around second song for your tips. Um, So I'm not sure how it works in America. In New Zealand, yeah, you do your stage spots. Um, in my club, I work the day shift, so it's one dancer. Nighttime, they sometimes put four of them on stage at a time. Mm. Um, we go around, yeah, we do our 10-minute stage spot, three songs, um, collect your tips, and then when you're not dancing, you're around hustling customers, you know, going to go for a booking, going to get a dance with me. Um, we don't have hostessing or anything like that. I'm not sure if that's a thing in America. Um, we... Most strip clubs here are now just strip clubs. They used to be brothels as well, mm. but I feel like um, they're really trying to keep the strip club and the brothel separate. How fun! They used yeah. to do it all together. That sounds. I, I think it's cool. It makes sense to me. That if I want to open a club, I would have like the bottom floor be a bar, second floor be a bar and a strip club, third floor be the brothel. Yes. You know, you just slowly, slowly work your way up. Like, go get a drink, go get teased and then go get satisfied like <laughs> yes I that's that's so hot I love it yeah that would be the ideal so you know give me 10 years <laughs> yeah so, okay so does the club take a portion of your lap dance yeah. money okay yep so usually how it works is all the clubs I've worked at yeah they take maybe 70 30 or 80 20 
Um, 80, 20, really... meaning 20 goes to the club, 80 goes to oh, you. Oh, sorry. It's, uh, sorry. Like 80%, 20%. Yeah. So say it's a hundred dollar dance. If it's 80, 20, yeah, we get 80, they get 20. Um, but the club I currently work at, we keep a hundred percent of the tips. I think it's the, I think it's one of the few clubs in New Zealand that does let you keep a hundred percent. They do take slightly more from dancers, but as I mentioned before, I'm someone that sort of, I hustle from tips. I work the day shift. So, you know, I get my tips, it's compulsory tipping during the day and then nighttime comes around and, you know, the regulars come in, they just pick you off the stage spots. So that's how it usually works for me. But yeah, they take a proportion off the dance. And that's how we pay to work there. We don't have house fees or anything. The club I work at has a bond, um, but it's very rare. There's most clubs here. You come in, you dance. They just take from your dances each time. I don't know. I don't even think I know what a house fee is or a club fee. I'm assuming that's what they take from the dance, but we don't have that here. So in America, they, they ha- we, they had, have yeah. to pay, because I'm not in the clubs right now, but I know what's going on. Um, yeah. They are taking exorbitant amounts just to walk through the door, starting anywhere from like, depending on where you are, anywhere from $220 to $300. It really ranges on the night, on the hour, and on yeah. the city and the, the club itself. But um, we have been hearing of like really, really high stage fees and some yeah so like you yeah you're basically negative when you walk in the in the door is what's happening so it sounds like that's not a thing there yet yes yet. yeah we hope we hope that doesn't become right a thing because, because that sounds horrible right because that used to not be a thing here i never paid yeah. house fees i only paid house fees in las vegas back in like 2003 and 4 and i was paying 20 dollars to walk in the door it's not like that now it's a lot more now yeah yeah no that that concerns me i don't i think if that happened here i wouldn't be able to dance anywhere i'd be like shit i can't i can barely afford it now let alone because i think (laughs) i can't afford to work yeah i think a lot of people don't understand that especially about stripping is that like when they complain about the door charge i'm like sir do you know how much i have to spend just to fucking work here like i don't give a shit that you pay twenty dollars at the door i don't see that money that doesn't go to me. So don't complain. I pay more in fees to be here than you probably make in a week. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that has to do with, I think, like just people expecting to see exploited sexual object type yeah. performances for free on the internet, on their television. And they're just yep. used to see, which is like, I have no judgment or opinion on that, but it's just like, I think that they're just like, Oh, you're not gonna give me your free n- your nude body for free, like yeah. they don't understand, and it's because we don't teach people like no, this is like a service. It's a service. It's a job. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think we do need to teach more is to remind people that it's a service. Because as I mentioned, Kiwi culture, the tipping cultures, it's just horrid. It, it's non-existent. So you know, to turn around and to remind these people, hey, you should tip me for my time. It's that really awkward moment because they, they think it's so rude and it's like, I'm, I'm not being rude. <laughs> In fact, you're the one being rude right now. Like, I'm I'm just doing my job. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even know where to begin. Like, do we make, like, you know, like cartoon books that are, like, educational style? Yeah, like, right? how, how, do we, how do we do this? Do we teach them from a young age? Like, tip your reach- strippers. <laughs> 
might, we might have to. No public. We might have to at this point. It, it, you know, drunk men, it's like talking to children. So may as well keep yeah. at that. The, the children activists would be very upset with us. So. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't want to go to war with the children activists. They'll cancel us. They've probably got some swerfs in there that are ready to come for us. Oh, 100%. They're all like, yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to say, I almost said some crazy shit. I'm going to bite my tongue. Yeah, we'll stop saying crazy shit. I read way too much news. Um, yeah. So, okay, speaking of news, you have had some news where that your Instagram account has gotten deleted, not once, but twice, because yep. as you put it, they're obsessed with you. So <laughs> why are you so obsessed with me? Are you so obsessed oh my with god. Me? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's like, girl, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. So like tell us what happened cuz you had thousands, several thousands of followers. Like what were did you have warning signs leading up to that and like what was the impact? Like just give us the whole rundown if you can. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So sure. pretty much, um, I was on my, my Vixen Temple blog, Instagram, we'd just got to, I think 17 K and, you know, like, like initially I wasn't in it for the followers, but when I hit 10 K, I was like, Oh fuck. All right. Let's see how far I can go with this. Sure. So I was like in my head, like, cool. I'm so close to 20 K. Like this is, this is huge. I, I had no, I like, I really did not anticipate that. I did not start that Instagram thinking it would get that huge. So when it kept getting bigger, it was so exciting, but there was always that worry in the back of my head, like, fuck, the bigger this gets, I feel like the the more in danger I am because I often see the big pages get taken down. Um, little pages too, because, you know, they can get away with it. No one cares. But I do see a lot of big pages, strippers and sex workers specifically being taken down um, because, you know, what's the saying? Like the more, the more fans you have, the more haters you have or whatever. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, I felt like I was getting in more of a danger, yeah. but I also, I also was getting to a point where I was like, I think I've, I think I've, I think I'm okay because I don't post anything bad. It was my, my performing art page. I was the more, most concerned for, cause you know, there's like half nudes on there. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't that worried about my blog, Instagram. I thought, no, I, I I'm, I'm following the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was getting warnings because, and it's for the most ridiculous thing. So, you know, I made a post calling out Instagram for how it senses and targets, you know, women, non-binary bodies and, yeah. um, yeah, just how it treats us. And it, that got deleted for hate speech. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was always hate speech. If I put yeah. up anything, calling out anything, calling out men on their behavior, hate speech, you've you've been warned so i did get a lot of warnings your account could be disabled or deleted so probably men were probably reporting you like she hates us oh my god literally literally because i get i get that all the time i get messages from men like your page doesn't make me feel very welcome like boo hoo you're welcome everywhere in life you can have 10 minutes to feel called out in fact sit with that you should feel called out and sit with that discomfort but yeah so people you know must have been reporting my page either that or the instagram bots are so sensitive they saw the word man and they were like oh hate speech <laughs> so yeah, yeah i woke up one morning um went to log into my instagram it said you've been disabled for 30 days i assumed it was my performing art page so i tried to log in and realize oh wait it was my blog page i was like wait what did i post what did i do and it was a post i made with this this little picture over here that says sex work is not consent. Mm. I posted that. 
I made a caption talking about how for the trial of my assault that a customer assaulted me, um, the, the lawyer, no, sorry, the judge said, well, I'm going to take off some of his sentencing because the male brain isn't fully developed at his age. And I just made the caption, you know. Oh, Wait, the way the male it, brain isn't developed. The male at- brain has not fully developed at the age 23. So I'm going to take off 20% off his, his sentencing because he, you know, like the judge really said all men. He was like, hey, oh, your brain, you didn't know what you were doing was wrong. Are you kidding me? This guy's 23 years old. It, that was really said. That was really t- valid in court for him to get that taken off his sentencing. So I made the caption just being like, if uh, seeing something like, if you get your male undeveloped male brain away from us, like maybe they should be kept separate from society until their brain develops and they control <laughs> themselves. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Keep men separate until their brain develops. They can't be among civilized folk if that's how they're acting. <laughs> so I put that up on my Instagram and that's what got me deleted. And the whole thing, they said it's, it's hate speech and violent imagery. And I just, I couldn't believe it. And it was such a shock. I just sat there like, yeah. huh, okay, that just happened. That's a lot to process. So I had to, I, I don't even really think it hit me right away because it was a grieving process just having to, I think what made me the most sad was I would get so many messages on my other page from people like, where's your, where's your Instagram? Are you okay? Like what's wrong? And just how glad that they were that it was gone because I didn't realize how much my page was a community for some people and it was a safe space for them, which was what I wanted it to be. So to have that Mm. validation that it was, was heartbreaking to know that it's gone. And a lot of people tried to message Instagram like, Hey, can you get her page back? This isn't fair. I really just wanted to be able to save my content. It's two years worth of content. Some, some videos are gone. Like there's content there that I didn't get to save. So it was a grieving process. Um, It was rough. (laughs) I understand. I understand. I had this moment where I was getting just deleted and blocked with everything. And I had this breakdown and I was like, why? Okay. I was like, homie, why are you upset over a social media account that you have? And right. really had to ask myself. And it was because, and then I realized, oh, because this represents this account for me and for you and for people like us, like who are yeah. extremely authentic, we're sharing our journey and we're trying to help others. It's more meaningful. It's not just an account. It's hours of work and thought and art and energy and like our, you know, our, our internal selves are connected with it. It is. It's yeah. and really for me, I told people it felt like losing a child. And I know that's yeah. so dramatic, but I'm a creative. So for me, I don't really see myself having children one day. I, my, my children is my creativity. Like I create from my womb space. Same. And when I put that right. And when I put that in, out into the world, that's me being vulnerable. So everything I put, you said it like, it's our story. It's my it's my story. It's me. It's a, it's, it's a, it's an essence of me. Like your social media account is an extension of you. And you said it like I was being very authentic on it. I, I know that social media has this bad rep, you know, it's, it's filtered, it's fake. And yeah, it is, it is. But I tried to be very genuine and authentic on mine and use it for good, whatever my greater good was. <clears throat> and I went through that same internal reflection of like, why do I care so much? And I remember pulling a tarot card about like the death of the ego. And I thought, Oh, is this my way of, you know, 
killing my ego because it's this thing where it's like I'm being validated with all these likes but it was never about that for me it was yeah. as you said what what it meant to lose it was the safe space for people it was a community for me it was my my work my two years of my life gone and my flatmate put it best they described it as it was like showing up to work and the office and all my supplies have been burned down but I'm expected to just keep working absolutely yeah. yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. what it felt like. And the infuriating part of that, too, is that, you know, simultaneously, there are people who have their accounts and are able to do all the things and yeah. continue to maintain. And it's like, not helpful. It's, no. And it's fine. Their content is just fine, but it's not trying to make a difference or help that's other the, people. Yes. <laughs> that's the frustrating thing is I always say to people, like, look, each their own, but I'm getting so frustrated by the censorship because they're taking away my right to learn. I could just keep thinking how many cool creators there could be on this app that are getting deleted. And because of this, I'm not, I'm being denied my right to evolve and to learn. And I don't, I'm sorry. I don't want to go onto Instagram and just see people's travel photos and what they're wearing. Like if that's what you're into, that's totally cool. I, I like each to their own. I do follow a lot of really hot babes to just to look at how hot they are. But then I also want my feed to be filled with like, like inspirational learning. I love learning about other cultures, other ways of living, just sex education and all that. And to have those constantly be taken away it's so infuriating and people yeah. you know they say why why do you care so much just like well I have just as much a right to be on this app as anyone like yeah. it's a huge part of our culture we live in a digital era yeah. and it was this weird thing of realizing it's like a part of me was killed I felt like some Avengers shit like Mr. Stark I don't feel so good like my, <laughs> my Instagram was like Nixon I don't feel so good and just disappeared I was like oh my, oh god. my god a part of me just died like where'd she go How so yeah I made I made another page and like thank yeah. you to everyone that's found it and shared it and supported it it was it was a process of me like do I even try to start again I thought yeah I'm gonna make another page because if I don't I feel like they've won they've kicked me off they've silenced me so now I feel like I need to be noisier more than ever because I almost take it as a compliment. They're threatened by me. They tried to shut me down. I'm like the modern Joan of Arc. We all are. Every time we get we <laughs> censored, I'm like, we're all the modern witches, the modern Jones of Arc, the modern, any badass bitch in history that stood up to the patriarchy. That's us. So we just have to keep being noisy and hopefully one day this all stops this era of censorship hopefully because Joan of Arc happened like when like hella a long time ago oh, <laughs> a long ass time ago it's, it's funny people think we've come so far I'm like, no. I mean we, we have phones now that's pretty cool but have we really evolved no, different no. century same shit honestly yeah yeah and look the, the more I learn about ancient and the history and ancient cultures I'm like damn we, we we're humans man we're we're fucked like we're we're patriarchy ruined it for us you know we we need to move towards a matriarchy this 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 patriarchy is not working this is One they've had their chance actually I would like to propose that we move towards a matriarchy Oh my god, hell yes, are they triarchy? Because what? like sorry, the masculine isn't working. We need we need room for some duality. Patriarchy. Patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, is that a word it. that exists or did I just make that up right now? We have to Google that. <laughs> I was gonna say we have to Google it, if not trademark. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll trademark it to the non-binary community. Yeah, yours. <laughs> yeah I want to the patriarchy for sure. Um, so, you know, you also have a podcast, which I just discovered today. Is it new? I do. It started, yeah, it's new this year. I started okay. at the start of this year and I've only got four episodes so far because, you know, I do put a lot of work into them. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of research goes into them. But yeah, I started that. I started recording it towards the end of last year after my ex and I broke up. It just gave me something to get me through the breakup. And sure. I posted it this year, the Vixen Temple podcast. I basically just want to elevate sex workers' voices, talk about our issues, um, yeah. topics that relate to us. So I've done an episode on slut shaming which wasn't specifically about sex work, but it sort of talked into what led me into doing sex work, being slut shamed my whole life. It was like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm, I'm a slut if I do. I'm a slut if I don't. I may as well Might get paid, as well get paid to be a slut. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pay me to be a slut. And I'm, damn, <laughs> I, I do. And it's a good time. So. <laughs> <laughs> so why does a lot of research go into your episodes? Like what, what is the premise and the, you know, like yeah. style of your show? Um, I sort of, when I have, I've recently started bringing on guests, but the first three episodes, yeah, the first three episodes were just me talking and they were sort of like, like video essays in the sense that I, the second one was slut shaming, third one was about Bella Thorne. Um, mm. I sort of tell it in stories, like the Bella Thorne one, I explained who was Bella Thorne, the events leading up to the OnlyFans incident, wow. um, the sex workers' response to it, and just yeah that sort of thing so i i format them the slut shaming episode i read people's slut shaming experiences and different themes i started with i think school workplace parents boyfriends and then i explained my own personal experiences so yeah like a lot of research goes into it whether it's me telling the backstory of a person or me getting other strippers and sex workers um feedback for things because i love reading out people's experiences like like let it's mail time let's read this person got slut showed by their dad oh fun time so yeah that's how my um podcast work and it's they're so much fun i love it they sound like mini documentaries <laughs> they oh, thank you i guess i guess they sort of are they're, they're about half an hour each um they're okay. scripted they're scripted unless um except for the first episode that was me just talking sure unless there's guests then obviously that's not scripted um that's all free run but all the other episodes they're scripted so i've written up a script i've done all my research so that's why they take a while to put up but once they're there you know i've recently bought a microphone so hopefully the quality will improve like it's my baby and she's growing and i'm so proud of how it's doing at the moment what's the name of your podcast the vixen temple podcast it's available on spotify and apple Lovely. So I noticed that um, one of your episodes is about um, migrant workers and yep. what's happening in Anacoloti. Um, mm-hmm. Did I say it right? Anacoloti. Yes. Anacoloti. Yes. Damn it. Sorry. Thank you. Enough. All right. <laughs> no, I want to get it right. I want to be respectful. The lovely, the lovely Anuka Lottie, yes, the Anuka president Lottie. of the Migrant Workers Association. She yeah. was, she was amazing. Yeah. So, oh, it, Anuka Lottie is a person. Yes, Anuka Lottie, yes, is the president of the Migrant Workers Association. What? Okay. Yep. You have to tell us all about that. Like, absolutely. What, yeah. What's going on? That was my first guest on the Vixen Temple podcast. And what an honor. What a what a badass of a first guest. So Anuka Loshi is the president of the Aotearoa uh, Workers Association, Migrant Workers Association. For those that don't know, Aotearoa is New Zealand, Te Reo Māori. 
So um, she is essentially, yeah, the president in charge of uh, providing rights for the migrant workers, uh, being, I guess, a support place for them. Um, there's someone on the end of the phone. If they can't help you, there's someone on the end of the phone to listen and to validate your experiences. I brought her onto the show to talk about migrant workers in New Zealand, um, specifically sex workers, because sex workers decriminalized in New Zealand, but not for migrants. So migrant workers <sighs> cannot do sex work. It's in the working visa. They can't do sex work which is where the loophole of what sex work is because a lot of strippers end up, you know, migrant workers become strippers because it's not quite sex work in New Zealand law unless there's penetration involved. So if they do toy shows, they have to be very hush-hush about it. But no, if there's no penetration involved, it's not quite sex work, but there's a lot of migrant workers doing full service. And so they should be able to. If it's legal for me as a citizen, then why should our workers who come here to work for us not be able to do that too it just it doesn't make sense no it doesn't it's 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 it's, it's a racist double that's what anuka lock mm. said i i asked she said yeah it's, it's a racist it's a racist, racist law okay it's let a racist ask, thing let me ask you this really quick is um is it like that for any other type of job or profession or career in new zealand that if you're what do you mean sorry like so if you're a migrant worker oh yeah no every everything else is completely legal for them to do just that. In fact, Anuka even told me about how we have cherry picking farms here and they were struggling to employ Kiwis. They even made the pay rate higher. They were like, please come do this. No one wanted to do it. So they had to, I think, bend some laws or change some how many workers they could bring in from um, Polynesian islands to come in and do those jobs for us, which I said it's, it's fascinating how people in their own country often complain, oh, they're stealing our jobs, but we don't even want to do the jobs. So tell me about it. I live yeah, in America. So, I hear ew, that all I, the time. Yeah, you probably <laughs> hear it two times before breakfast. <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay, go do the work then, and John. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so silly. No. So, yeah. yeah, that's what we wanted to talk about, just migrant workers in New Zealand. Um, she did mention, you know, European ones do get treated slightly better. It's the, it's the brown skin, as she referred to, that get poorly treated so it kind of depends on where you're migrating from absolutely oh. but all, look all sex workers migrant sex workers will you know they'll they'll get arrested they they risk being deported for it which i think a lot of people in new zealand don't like to think about our cops like during you know the the black lives matter last year i think a lot of people in new zealand were like oh go us and we're like hey I think we need to put that mirror on ourselves and have a look at us, our police system, because we have, you know, moldy folk that would not be sitting there going, yeah, our police are cool. Like, let's right. not say that if you're white skinned, maybe don't right. have an opinion on that. <laughs> so um, I know what Modi is, but I, yes. but I don't think all, all of our listeners do. So would you mind uh, clarifying? So, Mo- Maori is it's there are indigenous folk. I'm a Maori European, um, so I am Scottish, uh, the Cloud Clan, and then I am Nazi Akawa. So in New Zealand, our indigenous we're, we're Maori. It's you know their land, and then the colonizers came over, did their thing, fun stuff. So there was the, <laughs> the Treaty of Waitangi that was signed. I won't yeah. get into that because that's a long ass story. But okay. yeah, essentially, what happens in Australia. In America, we're another colonized country. I'm right. <laughs> I'm half the colonizer, half the colonized. So love that wow. for my ancestors. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what Maori is. Um, it's from the 
yeah, the, the Sandwich Islands, the Polynesian Islands, they right. came over and then we got colonized. So fun times. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. Um, I just also think it's very interesting that like New Zealand and most likely other countries were probably like, yeah, get a little pat on our back. We're not doing as bad as those guys over there, you know? And yeah. it's like, ooh, actually, uh, yeah. I think if I think if you're yeah. a colonized country, your police department is racist. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I don't – there's a lot of countries in the world, but I don't know how many aren't somehow brutalized or treated or discri- have discrimination issues. Like, that I'm pretty sure is a global issue. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Just, just ACAB. ACAB regardless. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I hear yeah. that. Yeah. But, it's- yeah, so that's, that's migrant workers here in New Zealand. Um, we <sighs> – so my next guest, I interviewed the president of the New Zealand Prostitutes Collective, and she actually brought up that they are trying to work towards changing those laws and protecting migrant workers more, because I think it's very important for us as New Zealand citizens. We're very privileged that we do get to work here and have rights. And, you know, you can legally live off your profits of a sex, as a sex worker here. And I think it's very important for us to use that privilege to protect the migrant workers and to to not knock on them, to, to keep them safe, to let them know, oh, there might be police coming in today. I don't know. Just to be careful with yeah. them because it's not fair. They, as Anukalotti explained, they often come over. They're already in debt just getting to the country. Mm-hmm. Let them make their money. Mind your business. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. I had, it, yeah, absolutely. Like, Please. Yeah. It, it sounds like hopeful but like annoying at the same time. Yep. Which is just the, the general consensus for sex worker issues, right? At this moments where it's like, Oh, we're getting somewhere. It's so hopeful. And then, you know, another law comes in. We're like, never mind. One step forward, 10 steps back. Yeah. I don't, I, I personally don't feel that way here in America yet. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I feel. Oh, I, I lost that a long time ago, to be honest. I, I think I got it when I entered the industry Yeah, and then COVID happened and then, yeah the Instagram because I entered the industry right before foster sister kicked in. So I, I, I I experienced a few months without it and then bam. And I entered the industry specifically online sex work to begin with. And Mm. then suddenly foster sister came in and it was like, Oh, okay, I'll try stripping then. And then, Oh, it somehow still affects me even in there. I can't believe it. eh? Yeah. And I'm just, I and it affects more than just sex workers at this point now and um yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's actually dangerous it's actually it's it's so dangerous it's doing the exact opposite of what it's set out oh to, absolutely to, to it do is not saving sex trafficking victims which is what it's at set all. out to it's do not at all it is doing the opposite it is pushing people there it is it is it is that's what we mentioned with the migrant workers the reason it's illegal here is that the government's concerned about them being trafficked and like, oh, cool. So make it, make it more hard for them and make them at higher risk of it then. That's that logic, right? But it's always the trafficking argument. And I don't think people realize that sex workers are the biggest, like one of the biggest supporters against trafficking. We, you know, maybe it's like there's quote, nothing about us without us. Like we really need to be included in the discourse surrounding sex trafficking because we could help a lot. We're part of the solution. We're not part 100%. of the problem. 100%. But they, yeah. I, we're just, we're not respectable people. No, we're immoral 
We're horrible. Horrible. <laughs> we're dirty, dirty whores that have no dirty brains. Whores. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> dumb, dumb bimbos. Gosh, what, what are we even doing on this podcast? What am I doing here? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What day is it? Where am I? What? Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? Seriously. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Wow. I have, like, so many more things to talk to you about, too. I knew this was going to happen. Um, <laughs> So one of the things that, you know, because I love to stalk people's Instagram accounts before I. Before oh, same. I That's why we have them. them yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can learn so much from so reading much. someone's Instagram account. Um, so I was looking at yours and you have a post about what you've learned from men from being a stripper called Five yep. Things Being a Stripper Taught Me About Men. So I want to read... Yep. At least two of these, maybe. Awesome, three. go ahead. They're all so good. So thank you. Okay, and thank you for making this <laughs> content. Oh, you're so welcome. It's a good yes. time. Okay, so here's here's one. Uh, it's titled "Men Crave Female Validation." Throughout my life, I've been led to believe that women are too clingy and are constantly seeking the validation of men. But being a stripper, I've learned that it is, in fact, quite the opposite. Men crave female validation. Why else do strip clubs exist? Men come to us because they need someone to listen to them, to laugh at their jokes, to tell them what they have to say is important. And that's that. That is that. (laughs) But I just love that you're like debunking this like oh you're just wearing that short skirt because you need validation it's like it's yeah i like i really what i said is what i said like it's my (laughs) whole life (laughs) my whole life i've been taught you know i've been raised as a cis woman that my worth is about how men perceive me you know, like I look, I'm a just I love Disney movies, but you know, the prince charming, you're waiting for that prince. It's it's all it's been fed to us from birth. You hate other women, they're your competition because you're all competing for the male gaze. And the older I got and the more I explored, also being a queer woman, I realized I'm not really that, like, I don't really care for men's opinions that much. And as I got older, especially during uni, I just realized men are the ones that like will not leave me alone. Like they're obsessed with us. And then I became a stripper and just the way that they, they like, and, and just to put it into context, so when I say female validation, I know that not all strippers identify as female, but in yes. the context of that, um, men, when they come to us, straight men, they're, they're seeking the feminine. So please, I'm not trying to say that all strippers are female. They're not. I, they're, right. they're absolutely not. But we do, I know, you know, my non-binary friends, they lean into their feminine side because that's what the men are coming to mm-hmm. seek. And that's, that's it. Men crave female validation. That's why strip clubs and brothels exist. They need a place to go that they know they can pay a, a, a quote woman in quote to laugh at their jokes, to stroke their ego. There's not places like that for women to go to, to pay a guy to laugh at her jokes. We validate ourselves, but men, I'm sorry, men are very right. insecure. <laughs> yeah i mean we go to like male strip club when i say we i mean generally i don't go yeah. to male strip clubs um neither it's actually, not that there's it's, anything you, wrong with that no but you know what's interesting i was talking about this with my female friends the other day most of us prefer going to female strip clubs Absolutely. it's just look we love the male strippers they're fun but the majority of us when it's our nights off we end up at the female strip clubs that were down at west hollywood 
Southern oh. Cali, oh. the the um the you know Boys Town. Those yeah. are those are some of my favorite strippers. To be that honest with you, that sounds amazing. I they need are to go amazing. there someday. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. They oh, are amazing. I, I'll get there one day when we can travel yes. again. They're but yeah, so gorgeous. That, that, yeah. No, that sounds fun. I will definitely have to travel <laughs> yeah. there sometime. But, but like no, man, man, like man, man strip clubs where it's like, like you know, very large penises inside that's... of socks. <gasps> um, but that's not. They're not actual socks. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're, yeah. Like, they're... You know, they're work socks. I don't know what they're called. I'm so sorry. I feel like such an asshole. I don't know what they're. I need to interview Sorry, a male, male stripper. stripper. Yeah, well, I, I need to get. I, too, I need to get learned. This is embarrassing. We, I do too. I actually realize I don't know a lot about the male stripper culture, so we don't. We don't mean to offend. We're just dumb lady strippers. Exactly. I'm just, but the point that I'm trying to make is that women aren't going there to have those men in those particular settings in this very specific setting. Females aren't going to male-dominated strip clubs to talk about their breakup. No, no, they're not. They go there to to woo and scream over sexy right, boys. Right, right. That's it. But but when I, men come to us, the yes. majority of the time we're in bookings with them and they're unloading their trauma onto us, which yes. I think was one of the points I made. Men need therapy. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Thank you for bringing that up. So I'm on the next on the the third slide. Men yep. need therapy. As a yep. stripper, I have seen men at their lowest, drunk, alone, and desperate for some form of validation. They end up in a VIP booking with me dancing for them only to result in them erupting into tears over built up pain they've never dealt with. I'm forced to comfort them through though this goes far beyond my training as a stripper. You're not taught how to console a drunk depressed man when you become a dancer. So why do these lap dance bookings more than often end with me still in my lingerie comforting <laughs> a sad man who's unloading years of trauma onto me whose name i'm gonna forget in the morning <laughs> right so yeah that that just leading off what we were saying like right. look all humans need therapy okay we could all benefit from it but when i say men need therapy i mean men need therapy and they're refusing to get it right and it's a concern because i feel like i put in the full article which is available on my blog um <laughs> The patriarchy fails men. That was one of the other points I made. Patriarchy is failing men more than they want to admit because we live in this culture of men don't talk about their feelings. And that's why they end up with strippers instead of therapists. They end up with escorts instead of therapists. And look, 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 if, if men want to come to us and have a little cry, awesome. Cool, sweet. I'll make money off it. That's what I, I think I said in the blog post. How would the patriarchy feel if I was exploiting it to make money like hey you're making these men sad and needing validation i'm going to exploit that sadness you, you still want to be raising them to not talk about their feelings if a woman's making money off that but yeah no Whoa, I, I you people. just you just blew <laughs> my mind with that but right like i, I like i really would like i just if the patriarchy were a person i picture them just looking like trump just sitting patriarchy down and being like you're raising men to not have to not want to talk about their feelings and as a result of that they end up in bookings with me. So I'm making money off your, your vulnerable men that you don't want to let them cry. And then they get drunk. They come to me. They're around. I'm a very feminine woman. I'm very, you know, I've been described as a, as a kind, welcoming, bubbly. That's how my customers always describe me. I, I lean into that like girl next door sort of vibe. Mm -hmm. So they always end up crying to me as though I'm like, I've known them their whole life. And they're telling me all this trauma that I'm just like, I just wanted to shake my ass. I don't, 
They don't want to know about how your wife left you or, you know, like it's, it's so, it's so full on. And it's, it's things that these men are telling me that I don't think they've ever talked about in their whole lives. And it's, it goes beyond my training as a stripper. I'm, I'm not, I've had to talk men out of suicide. You yeah. know, it's, 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 it, and a lot of strippers have had that experience. And oh, it's, yeah. why is oh, this yeah. normal? Every stripper I know has, is essentially a therapist and it's just, I, I, I don't, Absolutely. I don't think you should be embarrassed, but if I were a man hearing this, I would be slightly embarrassed. Like, damn. Well, not really? like, yeah, embarrassed, but also like if you're a man listening to this, understand that like what you said, the patriarchy is failing men because it places yeah. so much hyper toxic masculinity, like the pressure of hyper toxic masculinity on men. Yeah. And it puts them in this position where I can't show emotion. I can't cry. I can't talk about my feelings. And then they're yeah. put, keeping it all inside and it's causing massive depression. It causes like waves of violence and anxiety and like, and then, you know, it, it the patriarchy hurts everyone. It doesn't hurt just it hurts everyone yes and that's what I try to explain to men it is failing you unless you are a rich cis white man you are being exploited by the patriarchy too it is failing you in New Zealand especially our our Maori men and our Polynesian men the statistics of their male suicide rate it's disgusting we have a horrible toxic masculinity culture in New Zealand we're very big on rugby and yeah. you know just just man up men men don't cry real men do this yeah and we look we, we're getting there we're progressive in many ways but our toxic masculinity is bad because we're, we're a farm country you know we're we're a rugby country we're, we're lads we're we're men and a lot of my customers are just very normal men who just don't have someone to listen to them yeah. And they'll cry to me. And I feel so much. I, it's rough because I have to try not to feel for these people so much because that's going to ruin my mental health. Right. I'm a very highly sensitive person and I don't want to let these men into my emotions too much because if I feel sorry for them, I'm going to go home and just have all of this trauma placed onto me. So I don't want to sound like a heartless bitch. I'll consult them, but I'm trying to remain as mutually indifferent as I can because I don't know these people, man. This is your life. I just wanted to dance for you. Exactly. And you also didn't sign up for that. And so you don't have the training yourself to figure out how to block this type of information. Like I'm sure oh, yeah. that that's a skill that people develop in this, in exactly. that line of work. Yeah. And I don't have that. I've just, right. been, you know, I come home, I'll come home and do a cleansing spell. I'll, I'll smoke some weed. I'll run some crystals over my body and I'll shake it all off. But sometimes, you know, there's times where I'm like, Oh boy, I got told some shit tonight. Some some of the things that come out of men's mouths, it's disturbing. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, men, the patriarchy is killing them. It's killing them. It's, it's yeah. hurting them. And I, I have two nephews and I just, I hate the thought of them being brought up in this world that's going to tell them to man up and to get over it. Like, nah, cry. Have a cry. It's good for you. Trust me, I cry once a week and I love it. <laughs> I do it a lot more than that. Yeah, once a week, that's I cry once an hour. <laughs> I'm on like maybe once a day. I cried yeah, watching Star Trek earlier today. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I just got my period and I was crying over how cute my cat is. Like, <laughs> Oh, totally. Yeah. But it's so good for you. Men, just have a cry. Trust, put on a sad song. Yes. Just have a cry. It's, it's it's genuinely good for you. It's so cathartic. So, yes. you know, it's one of those things where I, I always joke, like, if men start going to therapy, I'm going to notice a decrease in my pay. But, hey, 
if it'll save the world, fuck it. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right. So I, I have like one more important thing. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna go a little over. Normally, my episodes are like an hour long, and yours is gonna be a little longer than that. But I just wanted to um, go over, you know, something that you, you I saw you talking about, which is about victim blaming. Um, yeah. And you had written, according to rape culture, working as a stripper means I consent to being touched. So with that logic, does that mean if a man enters a strip club, he consents to me robbing him? I just I just yeah. thought that was so well said. Um, and I never really looked at it that way before. But, you know, because I've been... Uh, it's like this weird thing between harassment and assault. It's hard to put a definition on what had happened to me. Um, yeah. And in my head the whole time, um, I was like, oh, well, this is expected. I can never I can never report this because the response back to me would be, well, you're a stripper. What do you expect? Like, of yeah. course, that's going to happen to you. Um, and so, um, you know, so that, that, this really resonated with me because I've been living with that for so long, this one particularly horrendous situation that I dealt with. So like, yeah, Yeah. I just wanted you to speak on that since those are your beautiful words. Well, thank you. First of all, I'm I'm so sorry I had to go through that. It's a unfortunate shared trauma that a lot of sex workers have and, it's one of those things I'm always trying to combat. It shouldn't be, oh, it comes with a job. We need to flip. That's what the point of that tweet was. It, it was to flip the blame back onto the perpetrators. So obviously I don't actually believe that men consent to being robbed when they enter the strip club. It was, to, it was, it was the, it was the point. But of course, you know, I had some people messaging me, yeah, what the hell? Like, oh my God, it's called satire. It's called irony. <laughs> <Look at> like, <laughs> but essentially, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, um, so the judge blamed his undeveloped male brain. His lawyer defended him by saying, and I quote, there's a degree to, of consent already established in these establishments or whatever, essentially saying. Oh, really? She, yeah. And, and I, I, during the trial, you know, got up and screamed, what the fuck? No, there's not. There's rules. And, you know, I had to quickly leave before I got kicked out of my own trial. Sure. But um, no, I, I had to, I yelled at him. I was so angry. I was like, no, this, no, this lawyer is spreading fake news. There is not any consent. There are fucking signs on the door that says do not touch the dancers without their consent. There is literally like legally that like, no, this, this guy, this lawyer is should not be allowed to say this. This is so false. And I just think that happens all the time when strippers come forward and say, I've been assaulted. People go, well, what did you expect? You're a stripper. And I was just thinking about, you know, when Cardi B robbed those guys and how everyone mm-hmm. was like, I, look, controversial opinion. I'm of the belief those guys would have done worse to her. Let her, let her take her back. I don't really know the full story though, but like, right. it's one of those, I, I think what I was trying to make out is like, those guys weren't told, well, you shouldn't have gone to the strip club if you didn't want to get robbed. Instead it was, oh, strippers shouldn't become strippers if they don't want to get assaulted. I didn't see one person say to those guys, they shouldn't have gone to the strip club. So I'm just trying to point out to people don't come to the strip club if you can't control yourself around people, okay? Like, it's, it's a privilege to be able to come into a strip club. We're not a charity. We're a luxury. And when men walk in, there's this, there's this established idea that you come in and you pay the dancers. You make it rain. We know the culture of stripping. You, you fucking pay us. 
So if a man walks, in, if, if, if me being a stripper means that I consent to men touching me, a man walking into the strip club means that he should consent to me being able to rob his money because it's an establishment where, okay, if degrees, if a degree of consent is established, then damn, it's established that you pay me. So give me all your money. <laughs> exactly. It, we all know that you're coming into the strip club to spend your money and to party. Yeah. So if yeah. we drug you and take your money, well, what did Maybe you expect? You That's what yeah. you went to the strip club for. Not saying, okay, Maybe. and I just want to give some context. Nobody edit out that part and make it sound like I'm saying that people should no. get robbed and drugged if they come to the strip club. But it's like Again, it's the equivalent irony. of. And right. yeah, we're, we're, we're using, we're using this to show the hypocrisy. It's a double standard. Exactly. Like, no, I don't, I'm not going to go rob my customers. That's the point. It's wrong. The same way that I, me becoming a stripper does not mean that I consented to being touched. I have every right to revoke consent or at, at any time or ass especially assaulted. There's nothing yeah. in my job description that says no. you might get assaulted. Not at all. And so, if you do, no. it's your own fault because exactly. you're here. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's embarrassing for men, you know, that, 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 that 23 year old man got defended because all well, his brain isn't developed. They essentially just called him. He's too stupid to know better. And then they blamed my job. It's like, if they couldn't blame my job, they'll blame, blame his blame, blame his brain. Like we will go above and beyond to just hold men accountable. Right. It's so yeah. embarrassing. Just hold them accountable. Just just say why maybe yeah. the problem. Like well, because if they did that, then that would expose cracks in the patriarchy and exactly. then that would ruin and their, then you the know. the whole system would crumble and we exactly. can't have that. We exactly. Can't have, we can't have the woman and the non-binaries figure out that the system is flawed. That'll ruin us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. There that's is, why I say burn the patriarchy. Absolutely. There's so much work to be done and I'm so oh. incredibly honored that i get to work by your side and that I me get too to, and that we live at the same time and i get to read yeah. the brilliant things that you post about so thank Aww. you for your work on social media it's very necessary thank you for that thank thank you yes. it's it's been an honor to you know just watch my community grow and to just to have people validate what I have to say, because, you know, I live in this world that would want to silence me. It's trying to silence me. It still is. So to have a platform, to have a voice and to have response to that, it's, it's an honor. So thank you. You're it's welcome. an honor working alongside you. I've loved being in Soldiers. Oh, sorry. Strippers United. I was about to say Soldiers United. No, 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 no. Strippers United. <laughs> and I'll... <laughs> Strippers United, United, formerly known as Soldiers honor. of Paul. Yeah, yes. Soldiers of Paul, but it, it's been an honor. I'm, 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 look, as much as the censorship sucks, it's cool to be alive during this time to see, to see the community and to see how we all come together on social media from all corners of the globe. I think it's pretty yeah. inspiring and we should be proud of ourselves. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's Stripper Tips. Very cliche tip, but I think your personality will sell more than your looks. Um, a great smile goes a long way. And I think my biggest stripper tip is when you're on stage to try to make eye contact with all of the customers. Trust me, eye contact goes a long way with men. They crave our validation. Look in their eyes. They're yours. <laughs> that's that's all they, they came in. Oh, my God, this woman looked me in the eyes. Damn, I'm hers. <laughs> yeah I know. so that's my stripper tip eye contact eye contact and laugh at their jokes they're all perfect. yours <laughs> perfect get ready for our rapid fire question round it's time for four for one 
First question. Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds? Teleport anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I chose that one too. I would yeah. chose that one. If you were yeah. banned from your local library, what would have been the reason? I tried to burn the the men's rights book section. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what would you do if you only had 24 hours to live? <sighs> oh my God, I'd smoke so much weed and cuddle my cat and tell my mom I love her. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good yeah. one. Do mermaids have live babies or do they lay eggs? I reckon they lay eggs. You think? I reckon they lay eggs. Why not? <laughs> god <laughs> i mean that's just a tough one because they have like they have like lady bellies oh they, they have, do they and do have bellies but then they have bellies do they have vaginas like i don't know how, how they, they have, sex? have that's, sex that's not on the list i don't know are they <laughs> are they what's the word cynthia or like when photosynthesis when they create the i don't i don't know what word i don't know they are, it's science that's science and science. biology I, look, i'm just i'm just a dumb stripper i don't know biology i don't know anything <laughs> yes i i don't know because if they did have babies in their bellies like then where would the baby come out Ex- their mouths like yeah shit. oh I, my I god know. could you imagine look, next time next time i see a mermaid i'll ask yeah let's ask the mermaids directly yeah. we need a mermaid i don't want to misrepresent yeah i don't want to misrepresent the mermaids <laughs> i don't want them to cancel me <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, So before we get into like all of the different ways that we can follow Vixen and, you know, be in touch with all of the amazing things that she writes about, I just want to remind everybody that we love your donations and thank you to everyone who's been donating to this show. Um, In order to try to avoid capitalism, we are looking for very responsible type sponsorships that are coming in the near future. And we're also asking for listener funding. So if you love the show and would like to donate to us, you can find us at paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast, or you can go to yes, a stripper podcast.com and there are donate buttons on our amazing website. So Vixen, please tell everyone exactly where they can find you and follow you and read all of your amazing content. Oh, thank you. So you can follow me on Instagram at Vixen Temple blog and Z, um, Twitter, Vixen Temple blog, uh my all of my links are in my bio on my instagram and twitter so i've got my blog um which is a wix site uh vixen temple the coven of sex workers but yeah look up the link in my bio my podcast vixen temple podcast available on spotify and apple i have a youtube channel uh vixen temple where i debunk stripper stereotypes and i have a series stripper reacts where i react to strippers from tv shows and film and media and I think that's everything. I think I got it Love all. It. Oh, and, and, and feel free to follow my performance artist page at vixentemples.666 on Instagram as well. I do a lot Love of it. performance artists, fo- performance art focusing on burning the patriarchy and, you know, eating the rich. <laughs> Yes, I love yep. it. Oh my Thank gosh. Thank you. 
What an absolute pleasure it's been spending this time with you. Like, oh, amazing. Likewise. Thank, Thank you. you. That was that was a great chat. Many, it many was. good laughs were had. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. And, you know, as always, tune in every Wednesday for a new yes. episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been a production with Period Podcast Network. Find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram too at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Please like, subscribe, and rate Yes, a Stripper Podcast here on YouTube. See you next week.